Game Week 3 is out of the way. We've made it to an international break. And also transfer windows closed now. So all the squads are finalized. We've got all the price reveals of all the, the players. We've also got a, a new gem in the game with Cristiano Ronaldo coming in at the last minute. So we've, though it's a good player to come in, but also a bit of a headache because so many people wildcarding out there, so many pe people losing their minds over Cristiano Ronaldo. And I suppose rightfully so. Greg, what do you make of all of this? How you doing, Clyde? Um, wow, what a transfer window. I agree with you. It was a crazy, crazy transfer window. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was the best transfer window ever. You know, high-profile players, Messi, Ramos, you know, all of these guys just... And, and then Ronaldo decided, oh, well, you know what? I don't want to be left out over here. I'll just go back to Manchester United and break the internet again. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I could hear the sound of wildcard buttons being pressed as, as that transfer <laughs> happened. But uh, it, it's brilliant for the Premier League. It's going to be so interesting for FPL. Suddenly, everyone's we, we've got this this premium player uh, like sort of uh, problem that everyone's going to you know how do we fit all these premiums into our team? Where at the beginning of the season it was looking like you know it was Salah and Fernandez. Those are the two guys. Maybe Kane. You know, was Kane going to go to City? Didn't go to City. No one's really you know, no one's really picking him. So th th there were no premium options that you had to worry about. And then suddenly Ronaldo's thrown into the mix and uh, everyone's rushing to, to bring him into, his, and into their Lukaku teams. And Lukaku just before that as well. Yes, Lukaku, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it makes me think that how quickly things change. I mean, we spoke about this in preseason as well, where three game weeks is so much. And f we didn't know about Lukaku then when we did that episode. We didn't know about Ronaldo, obviously. And we were talking about the fact that, you know, if someone like Kane went to City, it's, it will be like almost he'll be nailed on in your team. And now, well, that didn't happen and doesn't rule him out of contention either. But, you know, I, I, I do wonder what how people's reaction would have been if, let's say, Kane was at City at the moment and you had Lukaku at Chelsea and you had Ronaldo at, at Manchester United where the psychology around it where if people would have still decided okay you know what I want Ronaldo in my team or at the same price decide okay you know what at City with the amount of chances they created whether you know it's just worth going for Kane but I suppose now it's no point talking about hypotheticals of a year I mean I, that, that would have been crazy I think I yeah. think everyone would have been trying to fit three or four premiums into the I mean you can't forget Salah as well who's just a, the most yeah, he's consistent the performer he's, he's the he's banker, the banker yeah. yeah so I mean now you're trying to fit four premiums into your side I think everyone would have had Ronaldo, Lukaku, Kane, Salah, and then 4.0 everyone else. Like, <laughs> it would have been an absolute nightmare. Yeah, um, I, I made a joke and I, put, I, put a, I tweeted up a team like that, that, that. When was it? Yesterday or whatever it is or the day before. And then, you know, some people took the bait and fell for it. And it'd be like, oh, no playing <laughs> goalkeeper. Yeah, I was like, no, look. Um, but yeah, I think, look, uh, um, it, it has been a great addition to, to the game. And what I like most about it is, is the fact that you're really going to have to manage your squad well and rotate through the premiums. It's not just a case of set and forget. And I think what I, what, what I like most about that is the fact that because there's so many options, it might dilute captaincy a little bit as well, which means captaincy will become come more into play. Like we saw in game week three, for example, where 
for the first game week this season all of a sudden you had Mikhail Antonio being heavily captained Bruno was quite heavily captained and he he was the only one I think out of the top four captains who blanked and then Salah you know got the penalty and Son got a goal against Watford and he was my captain and you know just looking at that it made the game so much more exciting to have this have this variety of captains and i think with so many more premiums in the game now to consider i think that that for me is the biggest takeaway from it all yeah it becomes you really have to plan your team and and there has to be some sort of rotation of premiums you can't just put the premiums in and bank on them because you need to plan when you need to look at the fixtures and see when are those premiums playing the weakest teams and which which are the best premiums to have in my in, in my squad because if you just put a banker in and put Kane or, or, or put Ronaldo or Lukaku in and the fixtures are, are bad there are going to be other premiums scoring way more points against the weaker teams and I think that's the key thing now with all these brilliant pre, uh, premium op, premium options you, you really need to be looking at the fixtures and planning your team and being able to make those changes where you need where you need to yeah exactly and it also raises the other question and i mean we've spoken about this during the the preseason during the first episode when you know building the game with one team and and it comes back to it now is that the trap that people will fall in is is to end up diluting other parts of their teams trying to fit in too many premiums and i still feel personally that two premiums is, is enough i think i spoke about it was it in last week's episode where I said I'm not happy with the fact that I, I have three premiums. I mean, I'm happy that I have three premiums in it. Everybody's happy when they have premiums, but <laughs> it's it's ultimately left me one attacker short. I have six attackers and I, yeah. that seventh attackers cost me about 20 points because yeah, I would have... Yeah. The problem comes when those premiums blank and, and you need that squad depth and... and yeah, when you go three premiums, you, that, that's exactly what you're left with. And, you, and we saw this, in the, saw that in this game week, where you know, the teams that were heavily, uh, pre, you know, ha, had too many premiums in them, didn't have enough depth. And when Bruno blanked, you, suddenly you're in, you're in a lot of trouble because you don't have that depth in, elsewhere in your squad. Um, and that's, I, I think, that's going to come come down to it again. As you know, going forward, I don't think that you you can realistically have a good depth of squad if you've got more than two premium premiums so i think and, and 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 in fact in the next few game weeks you might be left with only one premium and and just having to to look at uh at sort of balancing your squad until you know until maybe the fixtures turn or if you if you bring ronaldo in now then maybe you're going to have two but i think the real key is going to be what happens between now and game week seven because game week seven is going to be the key key turning point that's when chelsea's fixtures become sort of irresistible you know if you don't have chelsea players coming in in game week seven and you're not planning to bring any in i think you need to relook at your squad very carefully because lukaku um, there's mount there's james in defense these guys are going to start scoring massive points from game week seven onwards yeah de- definitely and i i think I, I remember looking at certain people you know on twitter and so on talking about playing their wild card in game week seven even before the season started so yeah i think that that's going to be a pivotal time of the season it actually reminds me of 
last season when around game 31 or whatever it is when there was this massive fixture swing and then everybody played their wild cards to get them towards the ending of the season so yeah it, it, it's definitely going to be an interesting one and like personally you know i've i've talked myself in and out of possibly playing my wild card at the moment i'm not too keen as even though i'm that attacker short i think a minus four would probably be enough to get in that one extra player that I, that i need in attack but yeah. apart from that yeah it, it, i don't think it's it's necessary for me to to go and uh, you know play uh, my wild card right now that wild card is so valuable and when you if, if you look at your team and you see that there aren't five six changes that you desperately need to make then it really you know if, if you can sort of navigate your way through the next few weeks and make the changes that you need to then i really think banking the wild card for yeah, yeah. for later on and you know in the, in the first half of the season is going to be incredibly valuable you know you've always got to think if i use my wild card now how many points am i gaining versus how many points am i giving up later and uh you know certainly for my team i'm going to do my best to try and keep that in my pockets and it's it's going to come down to to a few things you know there there are always these uncertainties that come from week to week um for me it, it's you know wilson's flagged is he going to be is he going to be able to play yeah. um um you know against against united i don't want to have a case where i don't my bench as we spoke about in preseason, my bench at the moment is is very very scarce i think that I goes for most of us yeah I think we, we have nothing on there yeah so i don't have i don't have bench options so for me i need i need a guy like wilson to be playing even if it's against a tough fixture like united because the week after he's got a much better fixture and if if a guy like you know if he's injured and you know there's there's some other issues that that, that pop up if you know it, it starts to become a little bit more difficult but ideally i want to keep that wild card in my back pocket see what happens um you know see how ronaldo fits in in this in in this united side does greenwood continue to play i have a feeling that he that he will while rashford's still injured i think he's too um, good not to play at he, the moment he's had either. such an amazing start and you know i think you know he's definitely a favorite in 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 the squad for the manager i think if rashford's injured i think greenwood's spot should be nailed on and if i see that then maybe you know i feel like i've almost got a bit of cover with greenwood in in the, in the team and not having ronaldo but if if greenwood's not in the team if wilson's not playing uh, you know there might be issues with uh, they're talking about now um, instituting a ban against the players that weren't released for the for the international break and uh, him and his name his name came uh, came up on twitter today which also just more nightmares from our squad but you know if all goes to plan i'm going to keep that wild card and hopefully not even be able not even use it um, up, up, up past game week seven because i've got a plan to get those chelsea players in yeah uh, so that would be first prize but you know like we said things change so quickly injuries happen and and you just got to you I know mean, if your squad gets like the points a, a typical example of reese james picking up a red card and then you think oh okay now he's he'll only be back on like the 19th of september or something like that yeah exactly so sometimes you've just got to you've got to see what's happening with your squad and uh, you know if you're in a real pickle um, or there's some real big changes that you need to make just because of fixture swings then then sure clicking the button makes sense but uh, i'm hoping that, that that i can keep that in my back pocket for the moment yeah and look i i agree with you regarding you know just holding that that wild card just for as long as possible because also you know there are a few players coming back 
from isolation as well and it will be interesting to see you know when 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 those players come back uh, um, you know first of all how many games are they missing i think in is it uh, you know emi martinez or buendia they missing one game if i'm not mistaken and, yeah i know i know martinez is definitely out um yeah. but i'm not sure on 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 buendia and he he just scored a goal as well finally finally got a return in the last game week so you know he's starting to come through so that's quite frustrating you know if he misses the next game yeah yeah and uh, and there's also an international break when is it at the beginning of november or ending october beginning november around there and i think there's about another three or four more game weeks and then it's another international break and uh, because of that over there i think it'll be worth as well just if you can get through all of this and just keep your wild card intact intact i think you know what it, it and then you'll also know isolation rules injuries whatever we can decide from there yeah i think it also you know when you click that wild card button you want to have as much data as you can to yeah. to analyze and at the moment we're sitting with with three weeks of of expected data and we've got last season but it's quite difficult to to see exactly you know to sort of sift through the noise of it um and you, the more data you have the, the 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 more informed decisions you can make when it, and such a key thing choosing that wildcard team i've had a terrible record when it comes to wildcards almost almost every case where i've clicked the wildcard button if i'd left my team exactly like it was it would have scored more points so it's, it's always quite so frustrating how that happens like uh, you know you call it the curse of the wildcard if you want to but it's like you your team will be fine you wildcard and then you'll have this shocking week where you score like 40 points or whatever it is and you think like why did i do this and it's yeah but and also i think a lot of times when we play the wildcard we also end up upsetting the balance of our team as well and uh, when i'm looking at the just some numbers as well like and 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 I suppose I'm agreeing with you when you say you know you you cut out the noise with a bigger sample size. Chelsea's expected goals conceded is 3.43 at the moment, right? They've only conceded the one goal, which was the penalty, and so they they if you're looking at the delta values, like that's still brilliant, okay? But just looking at that alone. That, XG, that expected goals conceded number is inflated just by Liverpool bombarding Chelsea in the second half. There's nothing else if you had to take out. Now, I know that stats do, doesn't necessarily work that way. But if you if you look at that, that second half of Liverpool playing Chelsea with the 10 men, that was the anomaly in the data set over here. That was the outlier. If you look at every other... Uh, half of football that was played from from game week one and and the whole of the the first half against liverpool the the number the the xgc is probably less than one goal or something like that over there and i think that that is the importance of making sure that you know of just staying patient and and trying to stay in the game for as long as possible because especially around game week 10 11 12 you'll have enough data to be able to work with where it's you know the the, the noise starts to get uh, cut out the outliers start to get cut out and you see a more um, a more reflective picture of what the stats are actually telling you 
Yeah, that's the problem. Is at the moment you don't know what's, what what player is a bandwagon and and is just going to fade into the distance, and which player is actually going to be one of those uh, you know the, the Mares from from a couple seasons or yeah, a few years yeah. ago, where you know he he was just you know when Leicester won that won the title, he was just the player to have, and it's very difficult at this point to know is someone going to be. You know that player is is Ben Rama going to be the guy that you, that everyone has to have? Is Gray from Everton who's who's popped up and, and looks looks a really good option in yeah. sort of the five and a half million range? Um, these guys you you just don't know at this point whether it, whether it's just a, a shot in the dark or whether that, whether they're actually going to have consistent returns. And the problem is that you know you don't want to miss out on Amari as a Lingard. You know these guys that are just just yeah. post these incredible numbers consistently, but at the same time you don't want to jump on these bandwagons and be stuck with these players where, that you eventually have to give up on because they're just they're just aren't scoring points for you. And you know the one thing that that's that stopped me from bringing Ben Rama, for instance, into into my into my team, um, you know, from from the get go after after he had such a good game week one, was firstly because I already have West Ham cover in Antonio, and I don't like to to double up where possible. But secondly, his his XG numbers weren't great. He, he his delta was through the roof. He was performing way above his XG numbers, and there were actually a few West Ham players in the team that were outperforming him. From from an from an expected point of view, um, and that sort of led me to think, okay, I'm going to hold back and I'm going to wait and see and wait and see. And sometimes, you know, you one thing you mustn't be worried about is a, a player, a cheap player especially, rising even up to 0.5 in value. Um, you know, and giving it that six or seven games to actually really see if they're a consistent performer yeah because you can I still mean, bring them in don't worry too much about seven million for a player like ben rama if he's firing i mean it's really no i mean seven million is nothing in the game right and if exactly. you look at even somebody like rafinha right now i mean i was the i i took a chance on him from game week one and decided okay at 6.5 i felt he's so cheap that even though his fixtures are a little bit difficult i'll just keep him for the alternating fixtures where where I feel that he can get it and he did get one return at least right but I suppose okay maybe it wasn't the best decision because there were other players who outperformed him but again like you know even at 7 million bringing in a player like Rafinha is not an issue so yeah I, I fully agree with you there it, it 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 basically goes back to someone like Bamford from last season as well where uh, he started the game off at 5.5 he ended up what like 7 million or whatever it was yeah and, it was something crazy yeah and i mean in reality let's be honest with that type of returns you'd even pay 7.5 i mean this season 8 million i still think he's a great value option so well, yeah he, he's still bringing the stats and that's the thing i mean banford at the moment is from an xg point or xgi point of view is the top leads performer and at eight million, he ranks. I think at the moment he's 18th out of in the entire league in terms of expected points. Um, so at eight million, it's, it's still a good price. And if he's, you know, you must remember that they've had, like you said, quite difficult fixtures. Their fixtures start to turn quite considerably from game week five. Um, and you know, if I could, if if I was wild carding. I think Bamford would be a, even at eight million would be a player that I would be strongly considering. Yeah, no, d- d- definitely. Well, seven point nine now. So if you've got an extra one point one million, then that's great. <laughs> but you know, uh, looking at the the numbers over here, Bamford is the fifth highest in terms of XGI. So his goal involvement is one point six three per game, 
and uh, yeah I, I mean just looking at that as well uh, his uh, his xg numbers don't look his xg numbers actually as well he's his fifth for 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 xg at 1.46 he's only scored one at the moment but again you know tough opposition so you can imagine that uh you, you know 1.46 he's he scored one goal probably par for the cost but i think from these numbers are highly encouraging from game week five onwards yeah exactly and, and i mean they're, they're really i mean looking at the data that's that's really what you have to look at if, if you're wild carding and, and you are forced to wild card now or look to wild card next week it's looking at this data and seeing you know who 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 are the guys that you know you you, you you can still use last season's data and and have a feel for the guys that you know are going to perform you know antonio was was ninth last season on my ranking system um calvert learn was 19th mane was seventh uh mares was in the top 30 uh, 35 um sala was first yeah um torres was 23rd so these guys that are performing at, at a very high level um in the first three game weeks there are a lot of them that have proven track records and for me you know when we talk about small sample sizes and, and noise if a guy's got a pr- proven track record from from last season then i'm going to be trusting that a little bit more the the, the names that I'm, I'm starting to worry about are you know a guy like triori has incredible stats at the moment but he's got a zero percent conversion rate and last season was the same and so you think okay well now they're playing much weaker opposition then there's been a lot of talk about people bringing triori into their wildcard teams um you need to see some sort of conversion happening there and uh, you probably get six million going to take take a bit of a punt and put him in okay. just based on his stats because the fixtures are so good but you have to be careful that that conversion actually comes through and that, that no, those stats stay exactly up. and uh, i remember early last season uh, harvey Barnes in the first two three four games i remember barnes had the highest number of shots in the box but he had zero return i think he had like one goal out of those five and it was like three or four games or whatever it was and it, it it's it's one of those situations as well look to be fair harvey barnes did start playing better was it around mid-season or whatever it was i can't remember exactly yeah but yeah you got just before you got injured i think you really started right, to yeah so to, it was play well. yeah it, it could have been around game week 17 18 19 around there where he really started to just you know really convert yeah like you said the numbers started to convert into actuals whereas like with um Right at the moment, like there's certain players I'm looking at and I'm just not confident of getting them. But whereas like if I look at a Calvert-Lewin, he's got his XG is high is 3.13 and he scored three goals, you know. Antonio 2.91, he scored four goals. And then the, the, the third is Wilson 1.95 and he scored two. And any one of those players, I'm, I'm fairly confident that if I take them and put them in the team, yeah the fixtures might not always be great but i'll be confident enough that they will return at some point in time yeah the, the guys who, who really performed over a big sample size you know you can put your trust in and the, the, i mean i guess the key to fpl comes to w- being able to pick the 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 new players and the up-and-coming players and the and and the guys that are you know season wonders uh as early as possible but there's always that 
balance between picking them too soon and picking them too late and and trying to time it is very very difficult and sometimes the stats help you there and sometimes you've just got to go with a bit of gut feel and a bit of you know a bit of the eye test when you're watching the games but uh yeah it's if you're wildcarding now it really is it's a tough decision because you've got quite a few fixture swings coming up you've got i think a bit of a fixture swing in game week five for you know the, the leeds teams uh, i mean for leeds and for for leicester um i think you've got uh, united start their fixtures start to decline a bit from game week five um and then you've got chelsea from game week seven who are just irresistible uh so and then you know we all spoke about the the arsenal game week four fixture swing but i don't think anyone's even considering that at the moment based, based on on their on their team and the way they're playing so you know three weeks and so much has changed from our from our preseason chats already like you said yeah i i just when was it you know i after the we recorded the last episode and i was busy on twitter and telling i commented on one of the one of the threads and said look you know what i've just re- transferred white out for dyer because well i needed somebody to actually play right yes <laughs> and somebody replied to me and said look you know what but what's the reason behind it because why ben white has such good fixtures and it comes down to the this thing of saying look you know what Yes, the fixtures can be great, but if the numbers behind that play is just not convincing, you know what, it doesn't matter what the fixtures are. It's just going to be, you know, a disaster waiting to happen. And I think Arsenal fit that profile at the moment. I'm sure they're going to improve and I'm sure we're going to see a, a better Arsenal team going forward. I don't think we could see a worse Arsenal team. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, whereas game week four, uh, you know, I was targeting guys like Pepe, possibly Saka, um, you know, I had all these all these plans to, to bring Arsenal players in. I had also had White on my bench who was waiting for the game week four opportunity. And unfortunately, that's that, you know, all of that's just out the window and you have to adapt quickly and you have to think, OK, no, the Arsenal right now, until they, until they prove me wrong, um, I'm, I'm just I can't consider them as, as fancy Premier League assets. Uh, let, let me go with the, with the teams that are in form and with the fixtures that I know that are turning for the, for the right teams. Yeah, exactly. And talking about that there, I may as well just brag about it, even though it's just been one game. But, you know, I think Spurs have looked fairly organized defensively. They look much improved. And I brought in Dyer. He got in the seven points, you know, with the bonus at the end, which was quite nice. <laughs> so, look, it's only one game. But it, I think the point I'm trying to make here is that, like you say, you need to adapt. And if you see something is not working, it's OK. Make the change. And I, in, in this case, I was fortunate enough to see an immediate return. But uh, and looking at the numbers as well, Arsenal at the moment, the worst ex- expected goals conceded with 8.36. It's shocking, really. And out of that, it's not like even they have a keeper who's being able to make saves. Out of that, it's a it's a it's a high ex- expected goals conceded, and they've exceeded that by conceding nine. And uh, if, when it comes to XG, they're sitting last as well, so it's it's an absolute nightmare there at the moment. Yeah, and that's just um, that's just terrible all around. I mean, yeah, not what I mean. We knew their fixtures were tough, but that is uh, that's a real, real. I mean, they like, had Brentford know. as the first fixture, you know, yeah. to put it into perspective. So even though they followed it up with two, poor, you know, two bad fixtures, but still, I mean, wow, that that is absolutely shocking. I mean. I would have expected that to be at least halved, you know. 
but uh, yeah and uh, looking at you know you mentioned manchester united fixture turning soon yeah it it doesn't look great from game week five onwards they've got west ham villa everton leicester liverpool spurs city taking us all the way to game week 11 and then they've got watford in game week 12 but then they got chelsea in game week 13 so Wow, that is quite the run over there. But to be honest, like even if I've had, even if I have a Greenwood in my team at that moment, which I do now, I made one, I made some transfers. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly confident that someone like Greenwood, I mean, his numbers look amazing. He has the best XG at the XG at the moment, and I, I feel like yes, it's not the greatest run, but. Looking at some of those fixtures there, West Ham, I mean, look, look, I'm not even going to talk about Newcastle, right? I mean, that is captaincy material right there. But West Ham don't look the best defensively. Villa haven't looked the greatest. They're not bad, but they're not great. But they haven't kept a clean sheet so far, right? No, I think they kept one. But Everton, Leicester, not convincing. Liverpool, well, we, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a nil-nil there. So, but uh, they, then you've got Spurs, City, and then Chelsea coming up in game week thirteen. Mm. I think it's the type of fixture run that you know uh, maybe from game week 9, 10, 11, 13, that might be the th- tough ones where I might consider moving, you know, my my City, my not City United attackers out of my team. But before that, there I, I think I'm still willing to up until game week seven or eight give them a run in my team yeah if, if you look at the fixture model um newcastle is by far the best fixture there is in, in game week four so i mean right now you're not worried i think i think newcastle west ham villa everton leicester still good fix still you know above average to 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 very good yeah, fixtures yeah. in terms of attacking uh, potential so I, I wouldn't be worried up until game week eight but game week nine to 13 you know like you said you've you've literally only got one good fixture out of five um and that's the watford away and even watford away i don't think it's the best fixture around um so if, if i was you know doing some long-term planning i think that losing united uh, players between game week seven and eight is definitely the way to go uh, you know and just as we spoke about the chelsea fixtures just in time for the ch- it just happens to be the perfect time to rotate into chelsea fixtures um so for me i'm going to be you know the other thing that worries me about greenwood is that i think for now he's you know i still feel that he, he's locked in the team we're gonna have to wait and see what happens but when rashford's back from injury which could be a similar time to to game week seven game week eight uh, I think he his minutes might start to 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 be a bit questionable. Um, so for me, I think his time is limited, um, which which again is good timing because I only want him to you know to perform for maybe two three more weeks. Um, but I, I certainly think that you know even if you're going Ronaldo uh, from United, I think you've got to start you know when we st- we talk about uh, rotating the premiums, I think you've got to take serious consideration into into. Uh, sw- swapping out Ronaldo for Lukaku um, around that around that time, um, you know, I was looking at some of Ronaldo's stats today, and last season for Juventus, he only scored three goals against top six opposition, whereas he scored something like thirteen goals of his uh, of his twenty eight or twenty nine goals um, against bottom six opposition. So Ronaldo is going to do extremely well in those soft fixtures. But I think against the top six teams, possibly going to struggle. And I think United in general 
struggle a bit to score goals against the top six. Um, so I think with those things combined, if you can look to rotate out from Ronaldo to Lukaku, that seems like a bit of a no-brainer rotation to me. Yeah, and especially when you're having that this type of difficult fixtures, the likelihood is that you're going to put the captaincy on someone else anyway, right? So, yes, against Newcastle, you can say, okay, Ronaldo is a perfect captaincy option, right? But then once the fixtures, especially that game week 9 to 13, the, the chances are is that you're going, like, let, let's look at, I mean, looking at Salah's fixtures, for example, game week five, Crystal Palace. I mean, look at the next three, Leeds, Crystal Palace, Brentford. I mean, that is, you know, uh, <laughs> that is quite the captaincy run there, okay? Then game week seven, Manchester City, not ideal, fine. But then Watford game week eight, Liverpool have fairly decent record against Watford. And then it's Manchester United game week nine, Brighton game week 10, West Ham game week 11. But if you look at there, there's realistically five, six fixtures that you can look at captaining Salah over there. But when it comes to United players, I think, you know, I'm looking at these fixtures and it definitely doesn't look like captaincy material as well. So go, committing 12 million to one or 12.5 to one player who you're not going to captain that much and i think people might force captaincy onto him as a result but mm. doesn't look like the best move at the moment no i think when you're going with a player that's 12 million plus he has to be a captaincy option and you know like we spoke about from game week seven onwards i think Salah and lukaku if you're going for two premiums are are the must-haves because they rotate really nicely in terms of captaincy um and like you said, you're gonna have you're gonna have a guy who's costing you twelve and a half million uh, in Ronaldo in your in your team, and you're not going to be realistically you shouldn't be captaining him against against Liverpool, Spurs, City, Chelsea. Um, you know, even statistically, if you look at his numbers, you know, from previous seasons, he doesn't do well against the top six. It doesn't make sense from a fixture perspective. It doesn't make sense from from any point of view. And you're always going to get that variance, and you might do well in one of those games, but. I think when when we're planning, I, I would take Lukaku and Salu, Salah as a as a combination yeah. over over Ronaldo and anyone else. Yeah, and I think people misconstrue this and 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 take it as especially the fanboys out there. They look at it and think, "Ah, oh, you're saying, you know, Ronaldo is useless. He's not going to score. No, he might score a goal. Yeah, they like you know, there's nothing to say that he won't go and score in every single one of those games. But if you're looking for you for somebody to accumulate points in that way then you may as well go for like a Bamford or Calvert-Lewin who can give you that type of low ceiling returns for much cheaper but when you going that 10 million plus then you want those high ceiling you know you want those 12 13 14 point hauls where you're putting the captaincy on them and then they're getting you 28 30 points a game you know and yeah, exactly. I think that's where the difference comes in. It's not that they're not good players. It's not that they're not going to score or get some goals in between. It's just that the ceiling is probably just much more lower in these games. And uh, yeah, no, look, looking at it at the moment, as, as much as it's so tempting, because I think it's more out of fear of missing out or the fear that, you know, he'll go absolutely nuts and then you don't have him that people want him in their squads but at the moment i'm looking at it and i'm thinking that for 12.5 million 
it just doesn't seem like the right time there's just not enough value here at the moment whereas if i look at from like game week 15 onwards right well i'll count game week 14 because it's arsenal but <laughs> arsenal crystal palace norwich brentford brighton newcastle burnley wolves that game week 14 to 21 is an amazing amazing time if you want to have ronaldo in your team yeah i agree i think from from game week 14 he looks like a a fantastic assets and if you can get him in in game week four for the newcastle fixture and it's and you're not going to take you know massive hits or play a wild card or play a wild card then i think it makes sense um for sure to have him in for for, for three or four games until you until you can rotate into lukaku but you, you've got to be a little bit careful here you know the, the only counter argument to any of the any of the stats that, that get thrown out there is but he's ronaldo and and, and and everyone kind of gets it, you know. He, but he's Ronaldo. He's he's gonna he's gonna be amazing. But you, you know, you look at last season's stats that he had in in the Serie A, and he would have been the top in the Premier League. But you've got to remember that the Premier League is a much tougher league, and any player coming from any other league in Europe, you always have to discount their stats, and then you have to start looking, even in the Serie A against the top six, like I spoke about he doesn't perform well so i don't want a, a six fixture run where i'm playing the top six and five of the games i mean that's just going to be it's just going to be absolute suicide from an fbl perspective and you just got to keep following the numbers and following the data and making the best decisions you you, you can make with with what's provided yeah and going back to what we we're talking about earlier is having someone like him in your team means sacrificing one other player in your team which will most likely be an, an attacker because defenders are so much cheaper that you can afford to have a full playing defense and then you 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 limit the, the the scoring potential in your team because their ceiling is so much lower but i think in in the long run it just doesn't make sense right now i think and that's i suppose yes it may create a bit of a selection headache as well but in the good thing is that because we have so many premiums we can target that like you know the game week 7 to game week 13 for lukaku and then the game week 14 and the to game week 21 for ronaldo you know something like that uh, something along those lines and people should embrace that as a positive thing over here because it gives us more opportunities to maximize points and target certain fixtures and have better captaincy options and things like that yeah exactly I, I think rotation this year i think is going to be key and just and that uh, like we spoke about that premium planning is going to be really important uh, you realistically i think pick two of them pick two premium players and try and have a more balanced squad because you know game week three was a great example of that the guys that were very premium heavy all had very terrible uh, game weeks well look at game week two where in my case i had salason and bruno who all blanked yeah. And my, my my scores were propped up ultimately by, uh, if, if I'm looking over here, it was, yeah, I'm looking at, let me see here. So Salah was my captain. He got six points. Son kept a clean sheet, so he had three, and Fernandez had one because he got a yellow card. But my scores were actually propped up by the fact that I had uh, uh, Trent and Simikas who both hit double digits. And then uh, Rafinha, Antonio, Rafinha, Antonio and Ings all return. Mm. And I think that's a typical example of, you know, you, you've got to spread out your team because I think 
what the 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 realization here and i think most people listening to this need to understand that picking premiums is probably the easy part you know because they will get you points at some point in time but it's picking your supporting cast which ultimately make or break your team because if it was easy as just picking premiums you know what we see how high the ownership of premiums are every single season but not everybody does well anyway and the the it all comes down to the fact that people understand the value of having a good supporting cast yeah exactly i mean if we look at game week 1 when bruno scored a hat-trick and and got massive points for everyone um and then i compare it to to my game week 3 team uh, you know i scored 83 points in in game week 3 and it, it was a massive green arrow for me i think i came i think it was a game week rank of 47000 odd um it was just huge for me but the biggest uh, points haul i had in my entire team was 11 points for antonio um you know our captain son he got 10 points with the captaincy that's 20 but um every single other player i had got a return other than uh, sanchez and himenes so sometimes having that balance you don't need these massive scores from your premium players you know i had wilson with 9 mares with 4 greenwood with 8 sala with 10 Son with ten, Antonio with eleven, Dyer with seven, Shaw with six, and suddenly you've got like nine nine players that are all returning for you, yeah. and you've got yeah, you've yeah. you've got a score that's thirty points above the average, um, and that that's you know it's actually I think those game weeks when you when you really outperform the low scoring weeks, is is key to to boosting your rank. Yeah. If you can keep up during the high scoring weeks and then really really show your worth during the low scoring weeks. You know that's that's when you start that's to make a differentiator. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking at my scores here now as well. So, you know, first game week 100 points, second game week 71 and then game week 3 another 71 points. Now, when when I'm looking at my team years years specifically as well, it's like game week 2 and game week 3 even though I, I scored 71 in both, but they were completely contrasting in how I got my points. where game week 2 was all about the supporting cast and game week 3 was all about premiums yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know uh, and, but when you have a balanced squad the likelihood is that you don't need to rely on one or the other and when they both fire in the same week then you can have those 100 point or 90 point game weeks which are amazing but the aim is for consistency and i think that's why i'm so reluctant to play my wild card at the moment because i have a team which i feel is is good enough to be consistent on a week by week basis rather than just targeting one high game week and then one low game week Yeah the the concern for me you know someone who's not going to wild card this week uh barring some some crazy injury news um is that Newcastle is the real fixture that you want Ronaldo for um and now if you don't have him and then you've got West Ham away Villa at home I mean West Ham away is an okay fixture Villa at home is a good fixture and then you start oh, and suddenly you're at game week 7 and now you want you want to start bringing Lukaku and he's got the most amazing fixtures um so do I want to reshuffle Yeah so I think that's the key is going to be is going to be the balance and you know like I said bringing Ronaldo in uh you know you want to bring him in for that Newcastle fixture um because it's it's just such a good fixture for United but if you don't have the ability to bring him in for game week 4 then it starts to become a bit iffy because he's got an okay fixture against West Ham and then a good fixture against Villa And then suddenly you're at game week 7 where you want to bring Lukaku in. So do I really want to completely 
kill the balance of our team for two sort of average fixtures um not really so unless you can bring him in for the newcastle fixture i think you know i'm certainly from from my point of view i'm going to be holding off on ronaldo probably all the way till that united fixture swing again in game week 14. yeah same yeah i think there's enough value to be had elsewhere to not be knee-jerk about it and just get it just because it's ronaldo like you said you know i think looking at the the the, the fixtures as well i think spurs have better fixtures so i mean realistically you could go for kane or you know or kane or son you know and uh, in the meantime and then we obviously we have salah in our teams as well and then lukaku from game week seven so yeah i think the more i look at it and the more i've you know I, you know sometimes we you know we have this habit of trying to talk ourselves into into certain decisions but i looked at it and yeah and and it's the same goes for someone like uh, the the other player that i'm that i've been talking myself in and out of getting is torres now for the same reasons that i didn't pick uh, riyad mahrez on day one in my team is the reason why i'm not going for torres as well where even at seven million i feel that there's enough look anybody's going for him i actually don't uh, I, i wouldn't say it's a bad thing necessarily because at seven million it's low risk but i just feel if you're gonna go like what 0.5 0.6 up to a jota or greenwood in that same bracket or even now with Rafinha in the fixture swing as well there's enough other options to not have to tie yourself into going with such a risky option like Torres it's so frustrating because all you want to do is pick pick some of these city players who have these amazing stats um and but you know what the problem is is at the start of every single game week you're just waiting for that team news to come out and then you see your players on the bench and <laughs> and and you know what you just you you have that f- the reason you don't want to put trans uh, torres in your side is because you just know that if you do it he's going to be benched the next game week it's just like this inevitable thing that is just going to absolutely kill you yeah, I, but I'd it, absolutely lose it and, and and i think that's why i went for son over marquez early season as you know on uh, in the opening weeks of the season yeah. because look son is guaranteed to play which means he has a li- higher likelihood of scoring and he's got two double digit hauls now yes i can you know i can talk about not having the balance of my team being off but it's 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 such a relief knowing that your players are fairly nailed and you don't need to worry about rotation risk and and even at the moment like we, when when we talking about some like ronaldo again we just don't know yes he will play i mean but at the end of it all does that rule out cavani of course not i mean he'll definitely have to play as well yeah i i think oh excuse me my microphone there um i think uh, you know a guy like cavani i think he's going to be sort of relegated to a, a super sub role for the season now that ronaldo's come through um i don't see him doing doing anything much more i think last season he only got about 13 appearances um so i, th- I think he's firmly firmly as a super sub now i think ronaldo's going to obviously want to want to play as much as possible um but you know back to back to those city assets you know like you said at seven million torres you you almost feel you know like you have to take a gamble on a guy who's you know the, the city are just scoring so many goals they've Especially scored 10 players with such high ceilings 
Yeah, they've scored ten goals in the last two games. But the only the only problem is that it's very spread around, and yeah. and yeah. Yeah. you know he has a very interesting stat for you. You know, Torres at the moment has has an xG of one point six two and an x uh, expected assists of of zero point one nine. He's outperformed that by one hundred and fifty percent, just based pretty much on the on game week three. But interestingly enough, Torres, who has I mean, sorry, excuse me, Mares, who has half the minutes he's only got 123 minutes whereas Torres has 240 so far um Mares actually has an expected points that is higher than Torres yeah um Mares has a, has an xg of 1.14 and an expected assist of 1.26 now his conversion rate is only at 84 percent and and this is where you start to see this this massive variance because a guy who's w- sort of outperforming his expected data by one and a half versus a guy who's slightly under his, his expected data the guy who's only got 120 minutes is actually should have scored more points yeah and yeah. now you're thinking you know, well my thinking certainly is that Morris has been benched for two games you know surely now <laughs> this pep roulette wow. you know, you know, surely surely <laughs> pep's not, yeah surely pep's not going to bench him again you know no. Morris Morris has never been benched for more than two games in a row in a row so and you just that's just head games and i can't like realistically i but can't you know wait to I've get rid of the city assets about about uh, pep's selection especially last season is that it's almost like i remember uh, riyad Mahrez started the season last season as well and then it's almost like he went cold and he never started for a while or you played like 30 minutes or, or whatever it is and then Foden came in, in almost was like in fashion. And then Foden all of a sudden went to like three, four, five, six games where he hardly played. And then it's, it's so even that as well, where to say, I think there's a few players like Kevin De Bruyne or whatever you can kind of take a chance on. But the rest of them, they're all fair game. And talking about City assets, I mean, in the top 10 itself, right? If we're looking at expected goal involvement, Riyad Mahrez is number one. He's got an XGI, so expected goal involvement of 2.4. And then in fifth, we've got Torres at 1.8. Sixth and seventh is also City players, Grealish and Sterling. And if you go a little bit more down, just outside the top 10 is Gundogan. But yeah, looking at those type of numbers, yes, they're all fine and good. But it just it, it's a type of headache that I just don't feel that I need. And mm. with so many options in the game, I also don't see it as necessary as well. Yeah, my advice, or certainly what I'm going to do, is try and get rid of that headache. Um, you know, like I said, short term, I think Mares has got another two game weeks for me. Um, you know, I'm just going to take that punt because even at the moment with him playing, you know, 30 minutes, you know, he seems to be coming on at worst, at, you know, at the 60 minute mark. With him playing 30 minutes, just just from the strength of the city side. He's getting enough opportunities for me to, to not warrant just, you know, taking a minus four to get him out. Um, but he's yeah, definitely yeah, in my yeah, plans sure. to plans to get rid of. And I think, uh, you know, he his time will shortly be up. And I think going for those, going for those nailed on starters with the stats behind them, you just don't have those headaches and you don't have those, you don't question your decisions. You know, if, if you bring a city player in now. Even you know, even a guy like Gundogan has really been you know sort of at the back of my mind because last season he was 
you know, he had fantastic stats. This season, his stats aren't bad. And if you look at and the positions the he was taking up against Arsenal as well, a lot of he was getting into the box quite frequently. I mean... Yeah, he was very advanced. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, again, like he could be that guy that's just at, at 7.5 million or I think he's down to 7.3 or something now. Um, you know, he could just be the guy that, you know, you've got a banker guy who's who's going to play most, probably the most minutes out of out of the City players. You know, maybe he's worth putting in, but do you want the headaches of, of, you know, I think that becomes a little bit easier when you've got a stronger bench later on in the season, because then if he doesn't play, someone else can come in from the bench. But you don't want, you definitely don't want a situation where a guy comes on, a guy like Gundogan comes on for 10, 15 minutes in a game, because then you just, you... You don't even get to use your bench player. Um, and it's just you, you're fortunate enough, like with, with Riyad Mahrez, who scored in game week two. Yeah. But it's just not worth it because, yeah, it, it's just it, it's too much of a chance. It's just headaches and it's very, very difficult. So I think I think with the Pep Roulette, it, it's going to be very difficult. So I think I think you there are going to be a lot of people that take punts and I think taking punts it's not statistically it's not incorrect like like i said with Mares only playing 20 minutes or 30 minutes in the last two games his stats are still way up there and um you know it's not necessarily a bad decision Mares has got a goal and assist in in two games that he came off the bench um so it's not the end of the world but you're missing out on the extra point for playing you're missing out on the bonus points you're missing out on the clean sheet points and, and in FPL, that's, that actually starts adding up quite a bit. Yeah, look, um, I, I must say, where the issue comes in for somebody like uh, Mahrez is that if he was, let's say, 0.5 or 2 million cheaper, I think at 7.5, you could afford to just throw him into your team and hope that he plays because he has such a high ceiling. And those numbers are amazing. But at 9.5 also it then becomes restrictive because you're realistically taking out like say what two million out of your team where you can put that money elsewhere and, yeah, exactly. I, and i think that's where i mean you could go 0.5 upwards and get son and then you know that he's guaranteed to play every minute so i think that's where the issue comes in for me is that I, there, there are certain gambles that are worth taking depending on the price depending on the value of the player but yeah, when, when you're talking about 9.5, you're not talking about pun territory anymore. You, no. you, you, I, yeah. I think that's where Torres becomes becomes quite a, a juicy punt because it's 7, 7.1 million now. Yeah, you can you afford know, to it, cover him on your you, bench with you, somebody on your bench as well. If yeah, you, you can know. afford to take the punt and even if he gets half an hour, it's, it's not the end of the world. It's a little bit like Jota as well. Yeah, you know we're yeah. gonna have to see what happens with Firmino's injury, but you know if he's nailed on, he becomes a much juicier option. You see, where, where where I think the the comparisons between like Jota and Torres stop is that the way I see it, Jota is actually the first choice now, and Firmino and Mane are going to be rotated between you know. Uh, it, you'll either see a, a situation where Jota plays on the left or in the middle rather than Mane or Firmino. And also, I think that Jota probably starts maybe four out of five games, whereas we, we just can't say that with Torres. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of not, not as convinced with, with Jota just yet. I think... For me, I think the rotation is still going to be with him and Firmino. I think they're going to sort of play 60 minutes and a half an hour as, as sort of like a, as a combination. I think Jota's definitely seems to be higher in the pecking order. He started the, 
the games i think two of the games so far um so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens there but again you know even with jota who, who his stats are just through the roof i mean when you start looking at at, at expected stats when it comes to jota yeah, I'm just he's, he's in the right top now, i think he's in the top three in every season and every even you know even now he's his stats are very good but you've, you've just got to be you know those extra minutes make a huge difference and you know you've everyone should have solo on their team he is for me the number one he's the first guy in in my team in, in he's fantasy. the king of fpl he, he is the king of fpl points he was first last season he's i think he's ranked sixth on my rankings at the moment he's just you just don't want to not have him he's on penalties he he's got he's going to get you those points he's the the premium premium um and so now you know I, again i go back to like I, I have this aversion to doubling up so I don't I'm not as convinced on on Jota as well I've had a few drafts where you know I've sort of thought about bringing him in and you know it, it, it involves a little bit of shuffling to do so but he he's going to be a guy that you're not you know also just not going to be convinced every week when you want when, when you when you when your team is submitted for the and you click that save button at the end of the week you're just hoping you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna hope that he starts you're gonna hope that he plays 90 minutes and it's just it's not going to happen he's always going to be the 60 minute 30 minute type of player um and it's going to fresh it's going to be frustrating as hell um and and that's tough and it also affects you know like we spoke about when we spoke about bonus points it affects that massively um You'll see that those guys that are playing way fewer minutes are gonna are gonna really suffer when it comes to collecting bonus points, um, and that's why I say my, the the strategy that really served me well last season was trying to select w- the best player from each team that I that I could, and Salah is the best player from Liverpool. Um, if you can fill up your rest of your squad with best players from from the top teams fixture wise, and and you have and you can fill up that squad without without having to start looking at at sort of seconds uh you know in in the guys like Jota and Torres etc then i think you're going to you're going to find that you're going to score more points because you're yeah. going to get the guys yeah. who get the three bonus points you're going to get the guys who get 90 minutes um and sure if if you run into budget issues and you and for the balance of your squad you need to start taking a punt on Jota or Torres or one of those guys then it does make sense but ideally what you want to do is is, is to try and avoid that yeah look I, I I fully agree with that because even looking at the way my team is set up at the moment I think uh, I've also followed a similar type of approach I, I haven't doubled up Except for Alexander Arnold and Simikas, which is a different situation because of the fact that Simikas has acted as an enabler. And the fixtures were so good, I suppose. But right now, even that will change. It's not like I'm going to go and get an Andy, Rob- you know, Andy Robertson to come in and double up on, on two expensive Liverpool defenders. Mm-hmm. But again, I think I, I agree with, with the strategy of keeping single players from each you know in terms of separating defense and attack and only having one attacking player one defensive player i might make the exception for the likes of a greenwood or jota because of the 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 attractive price point but the one thing i've noticed with a lot of wildcard drafts that i'm seeing on social media as well is that in in order to try and maximize the 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 price points and get a full playing squad so that they can fit in Salah and Ronaldo. Mm. 
there's a lot of doubling up going on mm. so i've seen drafts like there's one draft i saw specifically where they have sala and ronaldo as the two premiums but then they've got jota and greenwood in that same yeah. team and they've got antonio and ben rama in that same team yeah and i'm thinking but hold on now you've got six players from three teams right yeah which means that you ultimately relying on those three teams to fire and win every single week and i think that's a very risky strategy because you look at the situation where like uh, and, and it's so hard to fix a team when like when you're going through now we spoke about united's run between game with 9 and 13 now you have to st- you it's almost like a transfer booked waiting to happen because mm-hmm. you know you have no choice but to rectify that or else you're going to be going into that type of block of fixtures is probably tripling up on one team's players and i just feel like you know look i've done it in the past and i think i've learned my lesson from that as well where i'd go in with like three liverpool three city and it worked to a certain extent because those teams were doing well in previous seasons so you you didn't need to worry about it too much right but i just think that there's so much there's a better way of being able to maximize all the fixtures and a typical example would be um this past week after the first uh, after the saturday fixtures my my score looked horrible but i was one of the few players i remember in in my leagues you know uh, i don't know if you use fpl game week you know sometimes to look at the live uh, um, uh, the live mini leagues uh, as it's yeah. updating but I remember when I saw the 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 number of players remaining. I had nine players remaining and some people only had three players and they were sitting on on like 22 points and that gave me enough confidence going into the Saturday fixtures. And then just from the just from the Spurs fixture alone, I ended up getting the Spurs Watford fixture. I got 20 points from Son because I captained him. I got 7 from Dyer and then I was fortunate enough to get 7 saves out of Bachmann and he got 4 points as well. So you're talking about 31 points just from one fixture alone. But I wouldn't have been in that position to do that if I say I doubled on Manchester United assets and Liverpool players and West Ham players as well and I think that's where the benefit of spreading out your players comes in. Yeah, I agree. I I think I I've seen the same on Twitter and I've seen a lot of teams exactly like you said where they've got sort of these these huge double ups with Antonio Benrahma, Greenwood, uh, Ronaldo, uh, Salah Jota and and that's just not even including the defenders so when you include yeah. them, there's chances that they have like trained to ensure in their defense so they're tripling up on two teams and uh, yeah it 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 just doesn't look right it, it 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 looks like you know you're putting all your eggs in one basket and it just doesn't make sense the problem is that it's it's a mess there's massive recency bias with that because in the short term it works phenomenally well um you will look like an absolute legend for three or four weeks but the problem is like you know when we spoke about fixtures turning you know united's fixtures coming off um you get these patches where even if it's just like city playing liverpool suddenly in one game you've got six players that are all playing each other there's there's, only, there's just no spots for anyone to 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 get any returns out of that and what what tends to happen is you 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 remember the fact that oh i had this brilliant team and i scored all these points but it's not a long term thinking and over over a period of 10 game weeks it's going to be diabolical for you because when you suddenly have to get rid of three man united players um you know three let's say city players at a certain point or three 
whoever it is, three Spurs players, you know, Spurs fixtures also have, have turning points. And suddenly when you have to you have to rotate these players out, you just don't have enough transfers to do it. And you're going to be stuck with a situation where suddenly you're going to be wishing, you, you know, you had a wild card available or or, or or taking massive hits, you know, taking eight point hits just to fix your team. And, and over that 10 week period, you're just going to absolutely hemorrhage points just from, from you know, all those double ups that you that you started with. Uh, and exactly and looking the one team that, that that's a good case study for this specifically is Villa at the beginning of the season everybody looked at the first three fixtures of Watford Newcastle Brentford and I don't blame them because man those look like good fixtures on paper right and I saw a lot of doubling up with with Watkins and Buendia Ings and Buendia but and then they'll go one step further and have like target or Mings in their in the defense or yeah. my uh, Emi Martinez or whatever now if you look at their results they've got 3-2 against Watford which they lost they were 2-0 against Newcastle which is fine but and then 1-1 with Brentford and Ings fine he was a, a relative banker during that run but I mean, you look at it, the rest of it, I mean, it it doesn't look right. It, it just didn't work out. It, it, it doesn't it, work because now yeah. also you're in game week four and suddenly you've got three players that are playing Chelsea away. And there's a massive and fixture then a, swing. Yeah. yeah, you've got Chelsea away, Everton, United, Spurs in the next four. You're gonna, you've got three players that you have to get rid of. And realistically, if you just said, I want the best player from Aston Villa, you would have gone Danny Ings. Thank you very much. You would have got actually the most points that you needed out of just the one player, um, yeah, and you wouldn't yeah. have all the headaches. You, it's an easy, it's an easy thing to fix when it comes to game week four. You can rotate Ings out and bring someone like Jimenez in, and it's it's just problem solved. Whereas when you've got this, these triple ups and double ups, it's just an absolute nightmare to to, to maintain your team over, yeah, over time. Exactly, and I think look, I suppose with someone like Jota or so on, like I said, I may make a an exception for him because the price point is so good and I do know that if he plays he'll most likely get you points anyway if Firmino well we know that Firmino is going to be injured for a while now but and that's fine but I think to to do it for more than one team I think that's when it starts to get a bit excessive yeah I think if, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it I think make it make it as a one a one team absolute maximum so I, I agree a guy like Jota is definitely an option one that I've certainly thought of long and hard about um, I, I don't think that's a bad option at all but then make sure that you don't have any other double ups uh, from an attacking point of view only for yeah. sure um, because you are going to get those situations where you're going to your team's just going to be in disarray at some point and I think also it depends on the fixtures for me like the good thing about Liverpool's fixtures, I mean, going even if you go through, if you look at the whole fixtures from now till the ending of the season, they've like if you look at between game week seven and eleven, we've got City coming up um, in game week seven, United in game week nine, and then and that's about it. Well, we've got yeah. West Ham in game week eleven, which the official side. Uh, it says a four, which is absolutely ridiculous. But <laughs> anyway, let's just ignore that one. But 
the fig even the height fixtures are kind of spread out it's not like a block of fixtures like you're looking at united's between game week 9 and 13. Yeah. so I, I think there are two teams that are yeah. pretty pretty fixture proof throughout the throughout the season i think that's liverpool and city yeah um, if you yeah. scroll through their fixtures they they're never any there's one or two bad games splattered around but they generally them. Yeah, yeah there are no blocks of bad fixtures where that certainly can't be said for any other team you know united have these you know a couple blocks as the season goes on where they've got very 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 good fixtures and very bad fixtures uh, blocks um so yeah again like that's where Jota's selection becomes a little bit more appealing because yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna run into that fixture block situation um but with with united i think you definitely will i think with chelsea even you're going you're going to have these blocks where they're going to be bad fixtures um and uh with the other teams it just gets worse and worse um as you as you sort of plan those fixtures yeah definitely so uh, like uh, it's good that you mentioned that because it just shows that you know it's never just one or the other it's not black and white i think there's mitigating circumstances for every decision you know you can justify certain things but there's a certain depth to it like looking at fixtures and so on and so you yes you can double up on players at times but what i'm noticing so far is definitely being able to have you know uh, players involved in various fixtures is really really helping me manage my squad this season yeah and i I think a key one to talk about actually uh, as well is that there's there's really good fixtures for for the wolves guys from game week four i think to 14. um and i think that you know in terms of uh attacking options you've you've obviously got Jimenez and triori uh, and then in terms of a, a defender or even the goalkeeper i think i think having maybe one wolves attacker and one wolves defender from from game week four to 14 is is an excellent option yeah, um, yeah. and there, and there's some good ones i think uh Samedo and sace or romaine sace for me is is for sure the guy that i want to bring in um but yeah you've, you've got good options there yeah uh, i've uh, I'm going to be upfront and say I've made my two free transfers that I've been banging on about since last week. <laughs> I wasn't so sure initially if I've made the right decision, but the more I think about it, the more I think that's fine. I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. So Ings out, Jimenez in yeah. and Bruno out, Greenwood in. So yeah. I think now I'm sitting with five million burning a hole in my pocket over here in the bank. But I might just consider taking a minus four closer to the ending of the, the, the international break, closer to the, to the deadline. If I can and either look at moving one of, uh, well, I've got Gilmore and Scarlett as my two um, bench for the options. But just looking at those two, I'm thinking, okay, I could either wait one more week and, uh, and, and, and bring in Bamford for game week five onwards but then that will mean that i want to take rafinha out of my team yeah and, I, uh, I think that's again that's leads also in a different sort of difficult situation where i think their fixtures turn quite nicely from game week five and i've also considered having both rafinha and bamford but i think picking one is probably better and uh I think if you, I think Bamford for me is is the number one choice. I think his stats are again have been excellent even in the yeah. first three three game weeks. Um, but it, it comes down to the balance of your team. You know, if I was wild carding, I would for sure bring Bamford in. 
Um, but based on the team that I have now, I'm going to have to go the Rafinha route just because the midfield is where is where I need to make changes. I need to get rid of the Mares. I need to get rid of Sun. Um, you know, when Sun, Sun's, Sun, I think, has Chelsea, um, where Spurs have Chelsea at home in game week five. And for me, that that's enough enough reason for me to to look at rotating out to free up some funds for for Lukaku, who's who's going to sort of come in in game week seven. Yeah. So try and rotate those players out, or or have those plans to rotate out on the bad fixtures. You know, for me, it's going to be Sun when it, when they're playing Chelsea, and then when City play Chelsea in game week six, um, it's the same thing. Morris is going to go. So. You know, at the moment I'm using using that Chelsea defense to to sort of time the getting rid of uh, of my attackers <laughs> just because the Chelsea defense is so good. Yeah, look, uh, uh, it, it definitely. And the the one thing I'm looking at as well, like I say, you know, I've been complaining about the balance of my team. So at the moment it's sitting at a four four two, but because I have that five million sitting in the bank, I can easily move a striker or a midfielder. To, to to be able to move to a 3-4-3 or 3-5-2. So yeah. I've got, it gives me options, but looking at my team, I think like the only player in my whole team that has a bad fixture or difficult fixture is Rafinha. The rest of them, they look absolutely amazing. But so it gives me enough confidence to say, okay, even if I decide not to take that hit, I can go one more week, wait, and then just say, okay, the Liverpool fixture is done for, for Leeds. And, and then possibly use my free transfer to make that, um, th- that, th- that next attacking transfer. And I could consider one of two things. Either just making the transfer, like moving Scarlett to Bamford. And then, and then holding on to Rafinha for one more week where I'll need to double up on Leeds. And who do Leeds play in game week five? Let me just have a look. It's Newcastle. So that's not a bad one to hold two Leeds players for. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's fine. You know, again, if it's, if it's a short-term plan yeah. while, you, while you're rotating players, sometimes you're going to have these, these double ups that, that aren't necessarily long-term uh, plans. But that's fine, and yeah. yeah, having having Rafinha and Bamford for a Newcastle fixture is, is going to be great. But like you said, you you've got that plan to to rotate uh, Rafinha into someone else, or yeah. you know m- move move into into that back to that sort of template of having one star player from each team. Yes, and look, I don't I don't want to say I'll do uh, I'll actually do that because. Chances are, you know, maybe I'll decide to make another transfer and go the 3-5-2 option. But that's definitely one that I'm looking at. But the way I'm looking at it at the moment is that unless something drastic happens, you know, I might decide, okay, no, like I said, maybe I might take a hit to go with one more player. But it, it just doesn't feel like something I really want to do or something that's necessary to be taking a hit to get in that one more player. And uh, yeah, and and apart from that as well, like I said, you know, there's, you know, there's over the next few weeks, there's in, things will change so much that I feel like I don't want to be too reactionary as well. I can afford one more week just carrying an extra defender. And anyway, looking at the defenders, Trent Shaw, Dyer, Falkman, I mean. You talk about Leeds, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, and Brentford. I think if there's any type of fixtures you want to carry for defenders, you may as well do it for this lot. Yeah, that's the one. Those those are those are really yeah. good fixtures. So I think I think the key to taking to deciding whether you want to take a hit is is whether you're bringing in a player that you're going to captain 
if, if you're going to take a hit to bring in someone that you're going to captain, then it makes a lot more sense because you can make up those four points a lot easier. Um, yeah. If you're just doing it for yeah. a regular player, um, it's it's going to be very difficult for that to be to be a positive return. And I can tell you right now that any of the players that I'm looking at bringing in, either a midfielder or a forward, I'm not captaining that player <laughs> because it will be somebody around what the not that I'm looking at the price specifically, but why you know both Scarlett and Gilmore are, are four point five which yeah. means that the max I can pay for any player is 9.5. And no, nobody underneath that price is worth captaining during game week uh, four anyway. No, so, you, you're going to be captaining premiums this season. I think that's, that's definitely exactly. going to be the season of premiums. Yeah. yeah, so based on that over there as well, it just makes no logical sense for me to do that one extra transfer. But like I said, you know, it's it's the, we're recording today on Thursday. So by but so much can change within a week or so maybe there's an injury or somewhere something like that happens and we decide okay fine pull the trigger on one more transfer but yeah, exactly. but, but so i'll just need to decide whether it's worth just persisting for one more week with the four with them with the four four two yeah exactly it's it, it, these injuries are they're going to change everything you know my team's also hinging on whether players are fit where the players get banned by FIFA. There's so much that's going to happen yeah. between now and actually even the start of game week four. So Who knows, we might even end up wildcarding next week, Thursday or Friday. Oh, I hope not. I really I hope, hope not. But, but, yeah, yeah, but it's it's possible. It, it's certainly very possible. There's It's a long time. The international breaks, that's what makes the, the international breaks so tough. And why I was hoping to have two, two, two free transfers for this period. But, you know, unfortunately, you've, you've got to just go with what you the cards you dealt. And... You know, unfortunately, I had a Watkins injury that you know didn't didn't he didn't come back in time. Yeah, those and happened. I, you yeah. know, I had I had White that was just an absolute absolute big mistake yeah, from, from I, the start of the season. I'm gonna also put my hands up yeah. there and say, listen, yeah, you know what? That was one that I I, I kind of regret doing, but yeah. anyway, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, and and you're gonna you're gonna have these things that you're gonna that are gonna pop up, and you're gonna have to fix and plans change and then yeah. you've just got to adapt and, and try and make the most solid decision the you can. one that i definitely kind of look at and i think like why is is bachman where he's got <laughs> one point and one point in the first two games then he got four points because he made seven saves against Spurs. yeah so in total he's got six points over three games but the good news is that his his fixtures are well he got wolves up next but then norwich newcastle so it leads it, it gets a little bit better but if i was wildcarding i'd probably change him <laughs> i'd probably switch yeah him if, if i was well if i was wildcarding interestingly enough i think i would uh, schmeichel would would maybe be the keeper that i'd be looking for from leicester um they've got pretty good fixtures coming up and i think he this season he seems like the the, the martinez almost of last season he seems he seems to be the best keeper around at, at five, five million. million. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I actually thought it would be more for some reason. I'm yeah, just I think at I think now. he's well priced, and yeah. I, and and yeah. you can't really get a Leicester defender at the moment. There there are no clear sort of options from from yeah, the Leicester side. That's right, because um, of the injuries and the, and all of yeah, that. Yeah, so I think and if I was wildcarding, that that would be my keeper option for sure. And I think, I'm looking uh, at their fixtures. Okay, they've got City up next in game week four. But then after they've got Brighton, Burnley, Palace, then they've got United in game week eight. But then Brentford, Arsenal, Leeds, that's actually a very, very good run. Uh, mm. And and even if, if you look at actually the fixtures from game week four, right, right the way up until game week 
16 they've actually got they, they've just got city in game week four manchester united in game week eight and then chelsea in game week 12 and then in and between that's yeah, yeah. That, and that's about it it it, it, it looks absolutely amazing i it, to be honest, like Leicester always seem to carry these, high, oh, you know, these overpriced players. But looking at this, I must say, wow, you've given me something to think about if I do ever wildcard sometime soon. Yeah, um, I think you know, I think he's he's the keeper list. option for yeah. me. I think also to remember, I think Brighton's fixtures get quite a lot, quite considerably worse. Um, so you know, Brighton start to get you know tough from from game week nine. They've got City, Liverpool, um, and and they just don't look. Uh, they haven't looked as as good as I was hoping they would look. I think it's no, largely due to the injuries. Huge disappointment yeah. for me as well. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's yeah. When it comes to if if you're wildcarding, I think I think Schmeichel would be my number one option. And if you're going a four point five option, then I think you know you could stick with Sanchez or, or, or look at or, or or yeah, Brentford's defense actually doesn't look too bad. But again, you worry about you know they've got some bad fixtures as well coming up. I think Brentford had it a bit. Wow, I'm gonna call Arsenal an easy fixture, yeah. But <laughs> then they had Palace, which was an unknown quantity, and then Villa, who yeah. just don't seem to be a cohesive unit at the moment. And but I think it will get worse now. They've got Brighton up next, who we just don't know which version of them will pitch up, and then Wolves, and then after that, wow, Liverpool, United. Um, West Ham. No, yeah, sorry, it's West Ham. Yes, Chelsea, yeah. and then Leicester. Yeah, it, it, it's like I think maybe that 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 early season flutter might be a little bit deceiving over there. So because yeah, exactly. and that's another thing. Like I've seen so many people knee jerk. They're looking at players like uh, uh, Pontus Janssen from uh, Brentford, and uh, who else? Uh, Shane Duffy at 4.2 they're looking at these guys as enablers almost like they're expecting them to play so mm. that they can free up money to get in extra premiums and that is a very very dangerous tactic to use here yeah a lot of these guys have have very limited minutes in their futures and and that's where it's going to be difficult because you you know you want these enablers to be able to bring in the premiums but yeah. you also want to make sure you've got guys that are playing yeah it's it's yeah. effectively you you're effectively booking a transfer it's like us with Simikas. we knew it was a short-term gain but mm. now we're sitting in the situation where you've got a defender who's not going to play and now he has to and, and then even worse is that if you want the third liverpool option which most of us uh, do then yeah. now you're looking at Timikas having to move on first and it's a transfer booked again and, and it's very difficult it's very difficult when your budget's tight to get rid of a four million uh, defender yes uh, which you have to upgrade to replace it, it makes it very very difficult so. no sure de de definitely so i think that de de that as well seems very short-sighted to to be getting the players like like livramento is a different story because he plays for southampton he's four four point one four point two whatever you know you can always just put him as the last player on the bench but yeah, uh, yeah i think uh, once you start relying on, on if, if you're relying on a player like shane duffy being your first first uh, change on the bench i think that's a very dangerous move i think at the minimum you want a 4.5 million playing defender at, at least as your one guaranteed sub yeah i agree yeah so yeah look well, what a show we we we, we essentially did a uh, game week one to game week three a mega mega review <laughs> We've spoken about the wild card, but I think well, that that was uh, a jam-packed show over there. 
so yeah i'm i'm just um well i'm kind of embracing this break and uh, especially now that we we're, that we're recording a podcast to get content out so quickly weekly is quite a challenge you know so it, it's nice to have a little bit of a breather but also to be able to take stock of what's gone on over the last three weeks and uh, i think that's helped me to gain some clarity of especially on the whole wildcard debate of definitely i'm not playing it i think that i can almost guarantee unless something drastic happens yeah i, th- I think i'm in the same boat um let's see what happens we've still got more than a week to go until game week four starts um but it's going to be interesting. Let's let's uh, hopefully there are no major injuries, and uh, you know, though for those people that are wild carding, take it all into account. I think uh, you know if you can delay that wild card, certainly try and do it. Um, if you if you're going to wild card and bring Ronaldo in, make sure you're captaining him. And, uh, and yeah, don't could, just play your wild card just to bring in Ronaldo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, it could be a very short-sighted move. Let's yeah. let's see how he adapts to the league. Um, no, yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> I didn't think I'd hear that. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I think look, adaptation I think would be fine. But I think it's just a case of more, you know, it, there's, there's just enough value out there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, cheers, Beck. Catch you next week. Thanks, Clyde. See you again soon.